0: Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright
1: 2021.
0: Hello again, everyone. This is Mark Stinson, and you've come to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. This is the podcast where we get inspiration from other creative professionals all over the world. We learn what they do to organize their ideas, and most of all... We learn the tools, techniques, and make the connections to get our ideas out into the world. It's one thing to have the idea, it's another to hit the publish button, to hit the on the air button, and get our ideas out in the world. And we've got some great encouragement and inspiration today. We're, we're going down to Texas to talk to Larry Roberts.
1: Thanks so much, Mark. I appreciate this opportunity, man. And you
0: better buckle in. This is a high-energy charismatic podcaster. This is audio only, Larry. So people don't know that you have a hat with Supreme on the bill. And I say that because you are high octane, my friend.
1: You are so right. I am high octane. And I give every bit of credit to my multiple Monster Energy drinks that I uh, drink every day. They're not a sponsor of the show, but hey, I'm working on it.
0: I was going to say, I don't have that bell to ring that we just (laughs) gave somebody a plug. I'm calling Monster. I'm calling Monster. Uh, Well, well. Larry, as I said, is a podcaster. He's a speaker. He's an Amazon number one best-selling author. He has top operated Udemy courses. His company is Readily Random Media. And we're going to get into uh, all the media that that entails and his journey in developing that media brand and some uh, detours off that direct road (laughs) of building brands that we've all been on. And we'll learn from uh, Larry on those. So Larry, as we get started, just think of this word creativity. And this, you know, high octane, we've certainly labeled you as already, but where, sure. where do you derive your creative inspiration and energy? What gets you going as far and as your creative juices?
1: On, honestly, to, to really kick things off, I, I got to have music. I have to have music, you know. Uh, even with my 21-year corporate career, and it got me in trouble many, many times, VP was VPs would come up behind me and go, what are you working on? And I wouldn't hear them because I had headphones on, but I got to be wired in. I got to be plugged in. I got to have some high octane tunes going. And that is really what gets me going initially. And then once the creative spark ignites, it's it's just we're off to the races,
0: and I always uh, am curious what's on your playlist right now.
1: Right now, yeah, this is, is, is this is so counterintuitive to to what, to what I just said because well, and the high octane you know uh, theme that we're laying out here because right now for some reason I have been really like for weeks now just plugged into Phil Collins. I don't know why, but. <laughs> I just got like Susudio all up in my veins right now. And that, that that entire album that he had, I don't remember the name of the album off the top of my head, but it's a playlist on Spotify now. And it's just, I've just been jamming to Phil Collins, man, just kind of taking it back to the 80s. <laughs> Loving, it.
0: Loving it. And you're right. Uh, at first you go, Phil Collins. And then it's it's a good thing you mentioned Susudio because at least it has a beat. Yes. It's not 80s soft rock.
1: Yeah, It's close. Yeah. There's a lot of soft rock in there though, man. And I don't know why, but those are the ones that really... It's almost like when you can tap into my emotions, that's when I start getting more creative. So once I start kind of getting moved and and really kind of feel... I don't know. It just generates an inspiration and that's where it it all comes from. I have to be moved emotionally and there's nothing really that moves me more emotionally than a, a a good movie or B music and music usually is, is in the A slot there, but, and it's kind of hard to work and watch movies at the same time. Although I've tried that as well.
0: Well, Larry, let's get into your brand. You've developed this brand readily random media and really to say it's a podcast to say it's a, a platform but it's really content, right? From all sorts of entrepreneurs, authors, you know, athletes, you've talked to so many people. What are you trying to communicate through this content? I mean, I don't know how many people have told me about content development. So what, what is the aim of this content when it comes right down to it for you?
1: I mean, the tagline of the show is you can be larger than life. And that's really what it comes down to is, and not just physically, but you can be larger than life in any aspect of your life. And that's a place that I've always operated from. Whenever I got my sights set on something or I got involved in something, you can bet you I am going to do everything I can to make it to the top of that pile. And that is what readily random is really all about. It doesn't matter what your, your interest is. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what challenges you've had to face and overcome, but you too can be larger than life.
0: And so when people that you interview, you know, tell their stories, you say, I wonder how many ways, yeah, this story can be told. Is that what you're listening for?
1: Uh, I listen for ways to try to get the emotion out of the story. I mean, everybody that you talk to is going to come onto your podcast and they're going to tell you their story and it's going to be somewhat monotonous and you're going to listen and they're just going to talk and they're going to tell you that when I did this, I did that. And then when that dad did and it's just blah. It's just boring to listen to. There's no intrigue. There's no energy. There's no nothing. I want to make sure that I bring that out of my guests. And I think that's one of the things that differentiates my podcast from others is the fact that I take on that responsibility myself. It's not up to my guest to deliver. It's up to me to guide my guest to deliver. And mm-hmm. if, if I produce a bad show or a boring show or a boring episode or have a boring conversation with someone, that's my fault. That's on me. And I guess that's kind of the creative process that I go through there, because again, it's, it's up to me. I'm the leader of the dance here. And, and if I'm not two stepping and, and you're over here, square dancing, we're going to step all over each other. So we need to make sure that we're in sync and, and I'm, I'm leading that dance and that's on my shoulders.
0: And do you feel like you go into it with a creative process in mind?
1: My approach is that I won't even hardly talk to my guests before the show. I don't want to have any kind of discussions because It could lead to something really, really great. And now here it's up to me to recreate that greatness that has already escaped us. And neither one of us are good actors. So, you know, me and the guest <laughs> both are going, Oh yeah, this was so exciting. It was great. <laughs> it was great 15 minutes ago when you told it with real emotion and, and you were really in the moment telling me your story. So that's one of the reasons that I don't, I don't like to talk too much before my podcast episodes, but I've tried doing the whole step-by-step approach. There are some very, very successful podcasters out there that have the exact same questions that they ask every show. And as a newbie little podcaster out there, I was trying to find my way and find what worked for me. And I thought, man, these guys, they have the same questions. They're sharing their monthly revenue and it's in the six figures. You know, I'm like, he's making that kind of money by asking these questions. Sign me up. So I did the same thing. I asked essentially the same questions and it was horrible. It was horrible. Because it wasn't me, it wasn't my personality, it wasn't, it had nothing to do with what I used to communicate, I didn't care about those questions. And I I dang sure don't care about them the 18th time that I've asked, you know, episode after episode after episode after episode. That's not to say that approach doesn't work for some folks, it does. But for me personally, I'm an on the fly, let's get it, let's have a great natural 100% insightful conversation and understand your story. Now, a little caveat is I will do some homework prior to bringing my guest on. Of course, I'll I'll look at their social media. I will look at their website. I'll read their about page probably. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll skim that. But at the same time, I've already got an idea of who they are before they come on my show or before we even align ourselves to record together. So I'm somewhat prepared in in, in that arena. But I, I think a conversation... There's a room. I'm a big clubhouse advocate right now. Clubhouse is sweeping the nation, actually the (laughs) globe. And so it's pretty awesome. But there's one room that keeps popping up that somebody keeps creating and it's called Conversations Don't Have Scripts. And I love that room because it basically, it's exactly how I take my podcasting. Podcasting doesn't have a script. And that's how I create each and every episode.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And you know, Larry, there's obviously both sides of the microphone here. A lot of people want to get into podcasting. I want to explore that with you a little bit. But there's that other a lot of people say, hey, I want to be a guest on podcast. I want to make the rounds, promote my book, promote my course, promote whatever it is they're promoting. What what makes a good guest? I mean, obviously you say that as the host, you're driving the conversation and it's up to you to make it, you know, a meaningful conversation. But what makes a good guest in your opinion?
1: A good guest is someone that can come onto the show and have a conversation for starters, but they also have a story. They're not just there hawking their course or hawking their book or whatever their their digital goods or their services may be. You know, so many times I get pitched by podcast placement agencies. Basically people hire these agencies and then they reach out to podcasters and go, Hey, so-and-so would be a great fit for your show. Really? Why? They're not a great fit for my show. You don't even know what my show is about, but they got this brand new book that they just wrote and they're releasing it. And they want to come on my show and use me as an infomercial pass I'm not interested in that, but what makes somebody, if you have a great book and you have a new book, I'm all, that's fine, we can talk about it. I don't have any problem doing that, but have something, have some substance behind your story, have some depth to your character and, and what you're bringing to the table. Give people a reason to listen. Give people a reason to buy your book if you have a new book, whatever it may be, but just be engaged, be in tune and and have a story that inspires others.
0: I guess on the other side then, Everybody wants a podcast these days. It's almost like, well, I should have a blog. You know, well, I should have a podcast. (laughs) There's a lot of podcasts out there. How's somebody going to create something that's going to make a meaningful difference in that market?
1: They're going to understand their why. They're going to understand why they're doing it. Why do you want a podcast? What are your goals? Do you want to look up and do you want to see that I have X number of downloads and and I'm so super popular on the iTunes charts? And if so, why? Why? What is your reason behind it? What's that going to is that going to be fulfilling in any way whatsoever? If it is great. If that's your only motivation is to talk to people and a ton of people, cool. That's great. But at the same time, that's rarely people's motivation for wanting a podcast. There's usually something else that's driving them, but they fail to identify what it is. They end up starting a show. Their show goes three, five, seven episodes. And they realize that they're not the second coming of Joe Rogan and they're not getting that hundred million dollar (laughs) Spotify contract. And they're not ranking on the top 10 iTunes charts. And they go, Whoa, nobody likes me. That's not the case. People get so caught up in these vanity metrics these days that are easily manipulated. You want to be in the top 100 on iTunes. We can do it. We can have it done in a week. Not a big deal but it doesn't hold any value. There's nothing intrinsic to it because it's just a placement. If I got you to the top 100, is it gonna do you any good? Is it gonna get you any closer to your goal? Are you gonna be able to maintain that ranking over an extended period of time? Or are we going to follow these steps and get that, ooh, that almighty social proof that everybody wants when it's really not social proof because it's just social proof manipulation? It's fake, it's vanity metrics. And that drives people out of the game Quicker than anything else. So if you want a podcast, I highly recommend you have a podcast. It's a tremendous platform, but understand your why. Why do you want
0: it? Yeah, I just had an uh, email yesterday telling me we were number two in Sri Lanka in uh, management podcasts. So Yes. You talk yeah. about a vanity metric, man.
1: <laughs> there are so many people out there, especially right now. It, it seems to have, the problem has really seemed to have been exacerbated with clubhouse, but there are so many people out there that are top this podcast or top that podcast, or I can guarantee you X number of downloads or X placement. If we launch your pot, all oh, that's nonsense. And it, it's all, you're just buying a placement, you know? Uh, and and I say that because there are those out there, these unscrupulous types that would take that we're ranked number two in Sri Lanka and just say, hey, we're a top, you know, top five podcast. or We're a number two podcast on our iTunes podcast charts. Is it true? Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, Sri Lanka? Do you even, <laughs> I don't even know what they speak in Sri Lanka, to be honest with you. I mean, no disrespect, but I don't know that I even yeah. speak that language. So why yeah. does that count for me for anything? I don't know. So, it, again, it's all about the vanity metrics and, and getting caught up in that that drives people to start a podcast and then quickly stop a podcast. I just was speaking to Daniel J. Lewis the other day, and he's kind of the statistician of podcasting. He's kind of considered the man, like like Stephen Hawking of podcast numbers. And it's, it, it, at the time, we were at 1. 1. 1.9 million with the M, but we only have about three hundred fifty to 400,000 active podcast meaning that they published an episode in the last 60 days so you can see how many people jump into the game take all the good podcast names mm-hmm. and they quit publishing their stuff so i've got a client right now i'm trying I'm to figure out a name on the the yeah yeah
0: yeah it's tough well larry as you've uh spent years now building your brand and as you think about the creative path of a brand sure how has that mindset been different for you
1: It's evolved over the last five and a half years that I've been podcasting in that I was definitely caught up in the vanity metrics as well. I didn't understand why I wanted them, but but I wanted them, right? But as I grew and I saw the potential for podcasting to be a career path, I knew that I had to be more than just a podcast. Monetizing a podcast is fairly easy. It's time consuming, takes a long time, but it's fairly easy in the overall concept of how to do it. Uh, But in order to do it, you need to have more than just a podcast. You need to be a brand. You need to be when someone thinks of something in your industry, they need to think of you. And you need to have a message behind that brand. Are you are you are you coming to the public with an attitude of gratitude and giving, and you're looking to provide value consistently uh, instead of searching out these vanity metrics and that that ten thousand dollar a month income? That's uh, so that seems to be the number these days. Is I can guarantee you ten thousand dollars a month. Uh, okay, cool. But (laughs) okay. No, you can't for starters. But anyway, I digress. So it's just understanding the value and understanding that bringing value is really what the game is all about. And if you're not coming to the game every day with the intent to provide value, you're not going to get anywhere. So it, that's the whole concept of branding takes on a whole new uh, a whole new level. People think branding is just a logo, like this little shield that you can't see because we're or audio only. Is a brand? That's not a brand. That's yeah. just a logo. The brand is is the concept of why you're doing what you're doing. It's the concept of how do you contribute to others? How do you make others grow? How do you build up others that are around you? That is the the spirit and the story of your brand. And that's the kind of mentality you have to take on when you start making that transition from podcast to brand brand.
0: And Larry, it hasn't always been a smooth road. I take it. There've been some potholes along the way you've run into some stormy weather. What What are some lessons learned that you've come through?
1: Well, don't be an alcoholic. That's a, that's a big, <laughs> big <lesson. laughs> Yeah, you know, about eight years ago, I almost, uh, almost checked out because I was an alcoholic and uh a uh, short story, had the epiphany sitting on the couch after about three weeks of missing work and uh, drinking only gin pretty much for three weeks straight. It was the second time in that one year in, uh, in 13, yeah, 13, that uh, I would find myself hospitalized from alcohol poisoning. And then after the hospitalization, I went to rehab for uh, seven weeks after that. So came right out of the hospital, rehab, picked me up from the hospital, went over there, did that for seven weeks. And I've been sober ever since. So uh, that 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 was a huge life life lesson. Some of the other potholes, you know, if we're to, to go back to just branding, I recently tried to rebrand. I, I had Readily Random for several years, and I attempted to rebrand to a different podcast name, one we're not going to mention because I don't want to confuse anybody. Mm-hmm. But it, and I just did this in November of last year. Now I had planned accordingly. I thought I took all the steps. I thought I did everything I needed to do to make this new brand, the Cat Daddy brand. And man, I had some some phenomenal guests on my show. I had all this, the artwork I thought looked really, really cool, I thought everything was laid out. And it simply just spit and sputtered itself until I I pulled the plug. And the, the most ironic thing was during this time, Uh, Readily Random, of course, the content was still there, even though I hadn't published anything to Readily Random in months. It was still the week before I pulled the plug on the new show or the new brand. uh, It was still 10 times, still pulling down 10 times the numbers that the new show was pulling down, even with all of this brand new, awesome content that I had put into this new brand. Readily Random with no new content was crushing it regularly. And I didn't take into consideration the foundation that I had already laid with Readily Random and how deep that foundation really went. Someone finally pointed it out. They go, Larry, look up Larry Roberts podcast on Google and see what comes up. It was like two, two and a half pages of Larry Roberts and Readily Random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to get to the third page before you even saw this new show. So it, it really didn't matter where I was 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 advertising this new show or where I was promoting this new show when Larry Roberts showed up to speak at an event or or participate in in, in whatever it may be, maybe be on another podcast, and somebody heard that. They go, you know what? Maybe I want to hear him speak again. I don't know why they would do that, but they, they do it from time to time. And they go look me up. They're not going to find that new brand. They're going to find Readily Random. Mm-hmm. And that was a testament to how strong Readily Random really is, but it's also a testament to learning how many, how many steps there really are and all these different things that you have to take into consideration if you do decide to do a rebrand. And that was a huge, huge lesson. And now I'm, still, I'm, I'm back to embracing Readily Random with arms wide open, and I miss him. It's like the prodigal son, and uh, I welcome him home. So
0: it's great. We've, we've <laughs> returned. Yes, but yeah. What, but what a lesson for m- uh, marketers of all kinds. Sure. I and mean, I, I've worked with every kind of company out there, and they do have this allure of launching, of rebranding, of line extension, of you know whatever you're going to call it that takes yeah. your eye off the ball of the main brand. And sometimes you need that slap on the side of the head to say, "No, you got a good thing going. Uh, you should keep all your energies in there, huh?"
1: Exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm that kind of guy that uh, I don't learn things the easy way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to do it. I have to fail miserably and go, oh, that's the lesson that everybody was trying to teach me. I I'm with you now. Yeah.
0: But you're also, you know, talking about life lessons and you're open enough to share your journey of sobriety and recovery. Sure. You know, this is very much if we're not careful, a ego when you and your brand and your podcast and all the things that you think you are become overlapped and melded and then you have a bad day you think you're a bad person yes i mean who of us has not been through that but you you've obviously i guess approached it in a more real and a more deep and spiritual kind of recovery. If you could share some of that insight for people who may be feeling a little low, especially after a year of being quarantined in our homes and we don't get all the pings and loves and likes right. and you know all the things that we think we deserve. How, how do you manage that personally?
1: Well, first and foremost, I have a tremendous bride of over 20 years. So she is here to keep me in check. And when the old ego does get a little large, she's she's right there to pull us back down to earth and she is very very good at that so um I, I give her a ton of credit there but at the same time man I, i've i've gone through and i've made so many other mistakes that were so extreme you know i have a history of being a karate guy and i, I grew up super skinny super frail born with a birth defect was always the fragile one, was super protected by mom, sent to private school so I didn't get beat up and literally killed. Uh, I had my entire chest reconstructed at the age of four because I was born with my, my sternum was was concave instead of being convex. So it was growing inwards while my lungs and heart and everything were growing outwards and getting bigger. And I was essentially suffocating to death as I grew so that had to be fixed and they fixed that thankfully but again that may be very very frail and it's it it put me in a position to where I was I was sheltered and protected and I always wanted to be that tough guy so I decided I needed to be well I grew up in the 80s too so I needed to be a ninja Mm -hmm. but uh, I I wasn't really down for killing people so just Punching people was fine. So I learned karate instead. And uh, that got to my head because I started competing in martial arts. And then I thought, oh, I'm doing pretty good here. Oh, I am the cat daddy. Oh, I am bigger than anybody else. And then I promptly got humbled by, I I worked for a gentleman at his karate school. I was uh, the head instructor at his school. And uh, because of my ego, because of my arrogance, uh, he called me up one day. He goes, here's the scene. He says, you're going to leave the key under the back mat. And if you don't want to do that, you can hand it to me personally. I'll meet you in back at the school. I said, "I said uh, <laughs> it'll be under the mat, sir." <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, I, I was removed from the karate school in, in a less than uh, less than glorious way. He and I are still great friends to this day. He taught me a great lesson. It was something that needed to be done. But uh, you know, I've I think I've throughout my life. I'm 48 years old. I have seen some of the highest of highs and definitely the lowest of lows. Again, I don't learn anything easily. I always have to take the hard <laughs> route. I always think I know better till I learn different. And then I go, oh, okay, well, maybe I should have listened. But uh, again, 48, I'm not going to listen. It's not going to change. I still got to do it the hard way, man. I got to do it my way. And if it works, yes. If it doesn't work, uh, uh, I figured. But it, the thing is, man, it's, it's really, it's all about perspective. You know, you mentioned this, this, past year with COVID hitting and everything uh, changing for us, and it, and it derailing many people's thoughts and many people's goals for the year, and maybe even for this year, too. We, we don't really know exactly where it's going. Uh, seems Things seem to be picking back up and, and taking a positive turn, but we'll see how it plays out. But I, I remember the pandemic hit when I was at PodFest, and this was in March of last year, March of, of, of 2020. And I had hopes and dreams of going and doing content creation and podcasting full-time last year. And I just knew that with that pandemic, Oh God, I'm stuck in corporate for at least another two or three years. This is going to ruin everything. But the flip side of that was, is that it presented so many opportunities that would not have been there. Had we not been in this lockdown, So many live in-person events went virtual. This generated a ton of opportunity for me to get out and speak on these virtual stages. Never would have had a chance to speak at these events if they were in person. For one, I couldn't afford to go all over the country and speak. (laughs) And for two, well, they probably wouldn't have had O'Lair on the stage in the first place. So it ended up being a perfect opportunity to reach out and expand my brand. Really, in all honesty, establish the brand and build the brand out to what it's slowly becoming today. And in in doing that, I was able to step out of corporate America on one five of this year, January 5th, was my first year as a full-time content creator, podcaster, entrepreneur, and I'm loving every minute of it. It's insane. I'll tell you, Mark, my wife says she doesn't even know who I am because she's like, I've never seen you this happy. I I, I don't know who this person is and I can do it, damn it, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> it, it, I, I have cried so much this month, because I just get so emotional, because it's so, it's it's just, it's unbelievable, it's an unbelievable experience, it's an unbelievable feeling, to finally go to the point that you want to go to, and get to where you want to be in your life, and be able to do the things that you, you, you fantasized about your whole life, you know, when, when I was in my 20s, all I wanted to do was teach karate, 24 seven. And I did, you know, how much money I made teaching karate 24 (laughs) seven. It was a year I made two grand a year. I made two grand. Thank God for welfare. Cause I was living the welfare karate life. Uh, You know, it was fun, but it wasn't very productive. Now I have this opportunity to do both. I can pursue what I love to do, and that is create and tap into my creativity, help others create, help others achieve their goals, as well as my own personal goals and my own growth as well. And there's the opportunity to do it for a living, and it's tremendous, and I'm so grateful, so thankful. I know I couldn't have done any of this without a massive, massive support system over the years and a massive, massive support system at home and, and, and in the end, everywhere. I mean, uh, it's, it's not a Larry show by any means at all. It's, it's an everybody show. And that's how each and every one of us are growing. And that's how everybody that I know of in the podcast space are doing such tremendous and great things because we all work together and we all progress together. I've yet to meet a more supportive community anywhere else in anything else that I've been involved in. Sure. Karate was great. Great community. But guess what? Everybody wants to be the tough guy in karate. So there's always competition. Everybody's wanting to beat everybody up. There's no competition here in the podcast space. All it is is collaboration and creativity, and everybody is giving it away freely. And it is so tremendous. Now, you're probably going, you just said they're giving it away freely. How are you making a living? I can't tell you that. No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a website we will share with you momentarily. For nineteen ninety-five right now. But you're right about it. I mean, it is quite liberating. And I think for the listeners to know the context, Larry and I met at one of these virtual venues that you're describing. And I think it was last May and we've uh, had a chance to interact several times since then. But when you talk about this podcasting community, you're right. I mean, there's no compare, contrast, I'm better, I've I'm got more episodes or I've got more downloads than you. Uh, it, it has been a giving collaborative. And what you were talking about, that hosts that want to be real, open, uh, legitimate, authentic in their, even their questions, let alone their answers and their own stories. I, I think that's just been a, a group of terrific people.
1: Oh, they're phenomenal. I can't thank Josh and Eric and everybody, you and everybody that I've met. I mean, Pablo, I, I consider, I don't want to list names. I know I just listed a couple, but I don't really want to list <laughs> I, names. I can't get down the 50. Yeah, I don't, want to leave, <laughs> I don't want to leave anybody out. I love everybody. Everybody that I've met over there has been just tremendous and working with people is tremendous. Pablo and I were in a clubhouse room last night making fun of each other. And it's that camaraderie that we already had because of Podmax. And then Todd stepped in. I mean, just people from all over the Podmax family were in this one room. It was almost like a Podmax reunion on Clubhouse. <laughs> and it was just tremendous that, to, to have that kind of that kind of that feeling, that emotion. And that the, the creative juices were just really just flowing. It was great. Uh, that's terrific.
0: Well, Larry, what a great conversation. It was great catching up with you and learning more about what you're doing and the the lessons we can all learn. And I guess we would be remiss talking about learning if we didn't direct people to your courses, your coaching, how they can get you to help mentor them. Where can we connect with you and find out more?
1: You can find all of my goodies at readilyrandom.com. Uh, Across social media, Readily Random is the handle. So you can find me just about everywhere using that handle. Uh, I am on Clubhouse as well at Larry Roberts. And everything else is right there on the website, readilyrandom.com.
0: Well, we're going to find you. We'll probably have to have a whole nother episode. On Clubhouse because we've uh, we've teed this up and now everybody's like, well, should I be on Clubhouse now? Well, we'll come back to that another time.
1: <laughs> that's that's anytime, man. I am I am the Clubhouse advocate right now. I am, I'm preaching the gospel.
0: There you go. Well, we'll come find you over there. Sounds well, great. Listeners, I hope you've gotten so much out of this. I guess on the one hand, let's recap. There's some great lessons on how to get into podcasting, grow podcasting, how to get over the vanity metrics. But I think you've also heard Larry say that the key to either side of the microphone is to be authentic and vulnerable and open with your story. Larry has modeled that for us today. But the creative juices really happen over a conversation. You know, you don't just turn on the microphone and say, I'd like to ask you the following eight questions, and then go through your list of interview questions, as if that was the goal. The goal is the conversation. The goal is to have that openness that we really all learn from. I learn from courses, I learn from books, and that's great. But one motivation I've had, and Larry, I know you found this, is the great people you get to talk to. And when we have the chance to turn on the microphone, turn on the camera, good stories flow. And I know I benefit a lot from that. And I think you do too.
1: Most definitely, most definitely. And hopefully I was able to provide some value with your audience today. And I can't thank you enough for having me on.
0: Well, it has been a high energy, high octane conversation with my friend Larry Roberts of Readily Random Media. So listeners come back next time. We'll get more inspiration from creative experts literally around the world. We'll find out how they organize their ideas and some of the steps and tools and methods they take to get their ideas up and out into the world. And that's what it means to unlock your world of creativity. I'm Mark Stinson, and we'll talk to you again next time.
1: Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021.
0: Our podcast is supported by Adobe and the Adobe Creative Cloud. The Adobe Creative Cloud gives you the world's best creative apps and services so you can make almost anything you can imagine wherever you're inspired. The Adobe Creative Cloud is a collection of 20 plus desktop and mobile apps and services for photography, design, video, UX, and more. We use Adobe Creative Cloud to help make this podcast using Adobe Audition, Premiere Rush, in design and many more. So join the Creative community with the Adobe Creative Cloud and let's make something better together.